Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legacy Cafe podcast with your host, Rob Lucy. Rob is the author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? A Guide for Creating and Enjoying Your Legacies Now. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Thanks, Kathy. Yes, I'm Rob Lucy, and welcome to the Legacy Cafe. This uh, episode is about money, money and charity. Where do you put that money? And a lot of people think that their legacies are just going to be the money sent to the kids or money sent to the charity. I think we're going to talk to here about how to use that money, use it creatively so you can enjoy it as a legacy. It'll connect you to others. It'll enhance lives. And um, you'll, have a, you'll have a way to experience the joy of your legacy that you might not have thought of. Now, my background, as you may know, is I worked with a variety of charities and foundations in developing them. And uh, it was great when we found a way to, to build a legacy for a donor instead of their funds just going into good old general revenue and they, them not knowing what happened to it. So the quest was then how to work with charities and who to work with. Well, how do you find the best charity? You work with a group named Charity Navigator. They are America's largest evaluator of charities. They've got a system that rates over 8,000 of America's best-known charities, and then they have basic data on the rest of the 1.4 million U.S. nonprofits. My guest knows Charity Navigator inside and out. It's value and then how we as legacy builders can use charities. His name is Michael Thatcher. He's the president of Charity Navigator. He's the guy who provides direction and leadership at Charity Navigator. And it says in, the, in their website, to guide intelligent giving and advance a more effective and responsive philanthropic marketplace. Hello, Michael. Hey, Rob. How's it going? I'm good. Before we talk about what Charity Navigator does, who should consult Charity Navigator? Just for, is it the, the $1 million donor or the $100 donor? I would say our primary users are the $100 donors and that you know, the, it's the average American donor that is looking to, to give anything from $5 to $500 or even $5,000, but it's not limited to that. There are many large organizations that use Charity Navigator. We're, we're a fantastic starting point to, to begin your search. I yep. think everyone should do a little bit more than just go with a rating in terms of their giving decisions, but I think the ratings are a very helpful starting place. So what do we find out? When I go to Charity Navigator and I'm looking for a charity, what, what do I find out and what's the benefit for me? Sure. So Charity Navigator's got... We have data on all of the registered nonprofits in the United States, which is currently at about 1.6 million. And right now, we've just, as of November of 2017, we've reached 9,000 in the number of organizations that we issue ratings on. So if you come to our organization, the first and most important thing you're going to find out first and foremost is, is it a legally registered nonprofit within the United States? So if you're yep. receiving a solicitation from an organization that you're unfamiliar with, plug its name into our database, go to charitynavigator.org, and you will find out right away, is it, is it really a nonprofit? And I think that's an important thing to, as just sort of first-level screening, make sure it's real. Mm -hmm. The second thing you'll find out, if it's a rated organization, you'll get an assessment of their financial health and the levels of accountability and transparency of the organization. And the Charity Navigator rating is focused on seven financial metrics and 17 accountability and transparency metrics. 
and it's a split between the two uh, that actually results in a zero to four star rating. So let's say I was interested in I'm, I want I'm wanting to have an effect in the, um, the an environmental charity of some sort. Mm -hmm. I would go into your site. I would find. I would do a search, and there'd be quite a variety of um, charities that would have the environment as a keyword, or or it would lead me to them. Is that correct? That is correct. And then I look, start looking at them, and I get a. I, you said you're you're looking at it from a, an accountability and financial health aspect, and I learn that they're spending their money properly. If you through your site, what about the effectiveness of of their operations? How do I know what effect they're having? Can that be graded and judged? Today, it's, it's not um, being graded and judged. But one of the what I would do, get very specific uh, in what you want to be donating to. So when you say you care about the environment, what about the environment? Is it water? Is it um, is it clean parks? Is it is it clean drinking water? Is it clean oceans? Is it uh, free access to the beach? What what you know? There there are a multitude of different things that we each will resonate with in a slightly different way. The beauty of getting specific is that it limits your, it sort of reduces the number of choices to a more um, easily, easily accessible number. The next thing is if there's an if there's a rated organization, you'll get it. You'll get an idea about their financial health, their accountability, and transparency. The next step I would do is actually look at the organization's website or in some way interact with them and look for how do they actually talk about the results of their work. Are they only talking about the problems, or are they actually talking about what they've done? And that, to me, is any organization that you're thinking of giving money to ought to be able to answer you what they've done. Yep. And sort of say, hey, you know, it's it's nice to know where your money's going. I think it's important, more almost more important to know what's what's my money done, mm -hmm. because part of for me part of sort of giving and the philanthropic process is. It's actually investing in social change, and so if I'm giving to this organization, chances are I'm like uh, investing in the stock market. I'm going to want to stick around and see how they do. So I give you a hundred dollars, I give you a thousand dollars, I give you ten thousand dollars. I'm going to check in with you in six months. Say how'd you do? Um, what went well? What didn't go well? And and what would be really nice? And I don't think this exists in a systematic way right now in the sector is that there sort of be some form of uniform reporting. How are you getting how are you getting the results done and what does that look like? Are there charities that are that are bona fide charities who aren't currently rated by a charity navigator? Oh yeah. There are limits to our ratings and I'll give you a couple uh, areas where there's some absolutely fantastic organizations that we don't rate today. And those are sort of up-and-coming small organizations. So the the bar to entry for a charity navigator rating today is a million dollars in annual revenue. So you could be a very high-performing small organization that just mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't meet that um, the size uh, metric in revenue. The other is young organizations are not currently rated by charity navigators. So rate organizations that are less than that have less than seven years of IRS tax filing will not be rated by us at this point in time. What about the, the old saw about percentage of funds for marketing versus ad, uh, administration, that sort of thing? What I find that out in, as I look at charities, in Charity Navigator, and how should I look at that percentage? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it's unfortunately sort of focus on overhead ratios has been has been overweighted, let's say, by by many and it and it's it actually is a disservice because you wanna know that the you wanna know that the bulk of your money is going towards the primary program of an organization. But that's not necessarily telling you that they're being effective with that with their money. And and in some cases you may have um, within the cycle of an organization's health and, and or let's say development, they're they're needing to invest in upgrading their let's say their IT infrastructure. Absolutely critical to their to the to the success and the effectiveness of the organization. But it could be adding a huge incremental um, admin cost in that one particular year. So from that standpoint, if you look at the ratios in that year when they're doing that you might say, oh, they're spending too much money on, on overhead. I think the question there is that if you see an organization that looks good to you and, and it has, you know, they're, they're, they're a strong organization, I would find out why is it, you know, hey, how come you have such, you know, why are your ratios the way they are versus systematically avoiding them? The way we look at the financial ratios are weighted depending on the cause area that the organization falls into. So, for example, a food bank has a very different set of financial um, cost structures than a museum. Yep. So, and th those are probably two good examples of, let's say, opposite ends of the spectrum. Museums have very high overhead costs because of the nature of what they are, the costs of you know, security, uh, staff, maintenance, the, everything that goes into sort of protecting and preserving and displaying fine art. Food banks are passing food through, they, they, you know, they work through warehouses, their cost structures are much lower. They're not, we, eva we, we weight the ratings appropriately so that they are treated differently. So we try and factor that in, but then you do need to look for anomalies. And so that's our ratings right now, we're looking at calling out the outliers from the norm. Michael, I want to break this into two halves if I could. And the first half is what we talked about. That is, I go in and I look at, not quite, but 8,000 of America's best-known charities, and I find out who is, is four-star rated, and, they, and th those are the people I want to work with. The second half is, is it has to do with the Legacy Cafe and Legacy, and that is building legacies with the funds that you work with and give to charities. So two scenarios, and I appreciate your comments on them. I would go in and say to the charity, I have funds to finance something that you need done. What project do you need funding for that I can pay for and make it a legacy of mine? Number one. Or number two, I have a project I want to do that fits your mandate. Can we work together and I'll finance it? So those two things, I go in with an idea and without an idea but want to finance something. Is that something charities would welcome, me walking in the door with those, those two thoughts? I don't know any charity that would resist or have anything anything but joy if you came in in the first scenario saying tell me what you're working on I have I have some money that I want to leave and I want to make my legacy out of this and I want to work with you on you know what's on your roadmap and part of your sort of strategic plans going forward I think they would all jump for joy at something like that and it would mm -hmm. be massively beneficial to the organization to have a donor that would be willing to do something like that. The second scenario I think you could um, I think it could be equally uh, beneficial but has a couple it has strings attached in the sense that it is my idea 
as I go into an organization that I think meets their mission and, and basic direction or that they are the appropriate organization to, to do the work. I think that's the, that's the piece that's really important for the organization to ascertain, is this really us? And should we do the work? And should we take on this mandate? Because it could be, it could also be, be a bit of a, um, a liability for them if it's not quite what they do. And then they're and create almost um, what we'd call mission creep, where they're trying to adapt themselves so that they can receive your money, but it's not actually their core capability or uh, focus at this point. And so I think. The first one's easier for the nonprofit to actually meet the needs and also satisfy your desire for a legacy, uh, a legacy gift in that sense. But I think the other, the other is potentially there. It's just it has a, it has a few liabilities with it. What about what? It's the difference. If I, I'm looking, let's say, under literacy, and I find four star, three star, and two star. How do I yep. think them through? How do I do? I automatically write off two and three? No. So the way we look at the ratings is a, a two stars just below average on some on some levels, but a, a three stars that's an outs- that's a good organization. A four stars outstanding. So I would say you're you are you should feel very comfortable giving to organizations that are three and four star. I would do a little bit more research on on the two stars because there's something that needs improvement, whether it's you know something in the financials aren't quite right and and what you can do is actually look at the ratings and you'll see where they are low whether they're particularly low on uh, the financials or they're low on the accountability and transparency we've been talking about me going to the charity so I've done my research what if I haven't done any research and I get a phone call what if a charity calls me what do I do and I am kind of interested but what do I do the bottom line is reactive giving. It may not be the best way to meet your philanthropic uh, objectives. I think the easiest way to deal with the, the phone calls that come in is if you know what you want to support and what you've decided, you know, to your point of legacy, I'm, my legacy is the environment and the arts, for example. That's where I'm going to focus my, my, fun, my giving Mm-hmm. and my philanthropic efforts. When I get a phone call for someone looking, um, looking for a health-related matter, I, it's easier for me to say, you know, I, I, have, I have already made my giving decisions and, and I you know, love what you're doing, but it's not really within my, my objectives. That's one way of just completely getting, letting go of the gift. The other is, if you're really compelled and you believe in what you're hearing, I would say, you know, thank you. Either have the person wait on the phone with you while you look. I would just look them up on charity. I'd go right to Charity Navigator and look them up while you're on the phone with the person. And if they're and if they're too busy to oh can't wait while you do that, I wouldn't give them any money. No, they ought to they ought to be able to spend a few minutes with you on the phone and actually talk you through the rating. It's this whole question of being thinking about what is it that I really care about. Where do I want to leave a mark, or what is the what is the social change that I'm looking for? A lot of this, if I can interrupt, is, is that we cover in the cafe is really just know your own values and what's important to you because then the decision-making becomes a heck of a lot easier. Getting clear on what you care about or what you, yeah, what you want to see eradicated if it's an illness, what you want to see more of if it's something that you feel is a great thing. You know, really get, get clear on your values. 
The other thing I would think about is, you know, sometimes we tend to think in, in one-time gifts. And oftentimes, you know, nonprofits are their businesses that are running year over year. And there's a sustainability to their, to their efforts. I think a lot of times we all, you know, you know, just to sort of say Charity Navigator is a nonprofit itself. And we live off of the benefit of the donors that are supporting us. We love it when people uh, want to make large contributions, but we are also, it's just, it's really wonderful when someone commits to, um, to giving over a, a period of time, whether it's through recurring gifts on a, on a credit card or just the continuity of coming back on a yearly basis. And the way that that actually happens is that we have donors that actually, they check in with us, they follow up on their investments, they want to know what we're working on, they want to know where we need help. And I think that is a that's something that nonprofits are just hungry for. And honestly, I think the the feeling you'll get from actually having a relationship with the nonprofits that you're engaging with is going to be that's going to add value to your gift uh, yeah. for you personally. And as Charity Navigator is a nonprofit, I guess my donation to to your organization, the legacy would be that we would continue to have 8,000, 9,000, 10,000 of America's charities assessed well so I know we know what we're dealing with. Exactly. That is what, you know, our goal is to to make impactful philanthropy easier for all and that is what, you know, any donations to us are to can just keep that keep that going and increase the breadth and depth of the ratings so that we're able to do that more efficiently, more effectively and and add different values to the race. Well, Michael, everyone will find out about uh, Charity Navigator by going to uh, LegacyCafe.org forward slash charity. LegacyCafe.org forward slash charity. And they'll, um, we'll have uh, links to your organization. And hey, Michael, is there anything we can give our, do our listeners here, a download of a PDF of some sort? I'd like, to, I'd like them to really understand the, the power of what you folks are doing. Absolutely, and I will, I will make that available to you that you can have on the site. Okay, LegacyCafe.org forward slash charity. Thanks, Michael, and um, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Rob Lucy. This is the Legacy Cafe, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Cafe podcast. We have lots of great conversations coming your way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, Go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day, and remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot at the Legacy Cafe.